faster that you can go through this cycle, the more rapid your experimentation, the more quickly you will grow and scale. And so I nearly give up, gave up, not just with document and delegate, but with entrepreneurship. I used to work all hours. I used to often work weekends, evenings, on holidays and so on. Now I don't. I walk the kids to school every morning. So why would you hold back? Why would you wait in your business, slowing yourself down because you're like, oh yeah, one day I'm going to do this. Don't wait. Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual. Now in this episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to share the recording of a presentation that I delivered in front of over 500 business owners at the Entrepreneurs Marketing Conference in Brighton in England in September 2023. Uh, in it, I share how to combine consistent marketing with rapid experimentation, absolutely crucial in your business. And I do my absolute best to make it entertaining. Okay, so if you like dad jokes, uh, you'll probably love it. In the session, I first explain why experimentation is the only foolproof way to work out what your ideal customers will value. And I explain why the secret to long-term marketing success is consistency with some awesome examples that you're gonna love. However, I then highlight why people often struggle to both experiment and be consistent with their marketing. This is something I've really struggled with. And so I share how to overcome this. You can use a four-stage process that plays to you and your team's strengths to make sure you test quickly, yet deliver lasting impressions and get amazing results. And I explain how this approach allows you to leverage AI cautiously in your marketing to get three times the results with 60% less resource and without getting slapped or finding that you don't in the copyright and what you've been creating anyway. Oh, and if you watch the video version on YouTube of the podcast episode, uh, you'll see me on my skateboard. Yeah, I promise that will make more sense later. <laughs> Enjoy the presentation. Hello, everyone. I am Alexis Kingsbury. I'm here to show you how to combine consistent marketing with rapid experimentation. Now, we're going to do that, but we're going to make it funny. Yeah. Now, that means you're going to need to laugh. And laughing is very good for your health. It's also critically important for my self-esteem and so i'm gonna need your maximum energy now i know it's hard it's two it's gone two o'clock you've had lunch this is on day two but we're leading up to the party tonight so you're gonna help me out okay i'm gonna need to build up the energy last night i met our amazing dj sammy that's how he talks now i said sammy like you're a dj are you on stage for every presenter? And he said, well, no, like only if they need DJ support. He said, Alexis, do you need DJ support? <laughs> now, in any part of your life, if you're asked, do you need DJ support? The answer is always 
Exactly. Hell yes, you do. So you're going to dance with me. You're all going to stand up now. All of you are going to stand up now. And we're going to dance. But I told him we need something like ABBA, right? Let's go. Come on, dad dancing is fine. Mum dancing is fine. You can do it. Do it with me. Right. We loosen up. Feeling awkward enough? Feeling comfortable with that yet? We're going to laugh at jokes or we're going to have to dance all evening. Good. Thank you, Sammy. Round of applause for DJ Sammy. And in case you're wondering, yes, I want you the whole time, right? Now, oh, it's a problem with being a bit overweight and out of breath. I have to do this next bit while also catching it. Ah, right. So, you're a long way away. It's nice to see you all. So, ah, oh, this is not going to work. Ah. Who, wants, who wants some kick-ass marketing tactics for a marketing genius? Ah, oh, f***ing hell. Right. Okay, we got this. Right. Who wants some marketing tactics from a marketing genius? Good, but that isn't me. Uh, I'll share some links to their tactics a little bit later. I'm actually terrible at marketing. I am. Brave thing to say here. Uh, Who wants some marketing tactics from a marketing genius? Good, but that isn't me. I'll share some links to their tactics a little bit later. I'm actually terrible at marketing. I am. Brave thing to say here. In fact, I got in trouble with my business partner, Paddy, for some terrible things I was planning on doing on social media. Now, I don't mean Elon Musk terrible. I wasn't calling a cave diver a pedo or being forced to buy a social media company for $44 billion, now known as the X social media platform. Sorry, X social... Yeah, it's an X social media platform. But instead, I don't mean, when I say terrible, I don't mean offensive or incendiary, I just mean rubbish. Just rubbish. My business partner sat me down, Paddy sat me down. In fact, we're a 100% remote company, so having an in-person meeting like this is pretty rare. But he brought me over, and he was sat with another member of our team, Jessica. And they sat there, and the atmosphere was tense. And I go in there, and it feels like an intervention, right? It's an intervention. Alexis, we need to talk about your social media problem. Now, I got on the defensive. I responded the way I imagine an addict would during an intervention. I denied there was a problem. I said, it's not my fault, and I blamed everyone else. Now, Paddy could tell I was getting defensive. <laughs> So he decided the appropriate thing to do is to list out his concerns. His first one was that I don't consistently talk to our ideal customer persona. The second was that I don't always use a, 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 an attention-grabbing hook. And the third was that I don't always share a clear, unique insight. I was furious. I have never been so angry with something I completely agree with. I kicked the meet awkward meeting into overdrive. Jessica, at this point, is just 
melting into her chair. Little tip, if you're going to do an intervention or an awkward meeting, don't do it in a booth. They can't escape. <laughs> I called Kat and I said, Paddy, you're being a gatekeeper. And I acted like a teenager asked to clean their room. It's my social media account. I should be able to do whatever I want. Oh. Paddy asked me to take a deep breath. Take one with me. And I asked in a really constructive way. So what do you suggest? And he said, I was going to suggest that Jessica, once reformed, Jessica will take all your ideas, your stories, your insights from working with lots of business leaders, and she'll turn them into posts that meet our quality criteria, and she'll make sure they get out consistently. Consistently. Never been so relieved. I'm terrible at social media. I actually don't enjoy trying to get better at it. And that's just one area of marketing that I'm terrible at. Here's the problem. On the one hand, I get that there is a foolproof way to find out what customers want. You ask them. Then you play it back and you amend and you tweak until your message gets a strong response. Essentially, you test it and work it out, right? I always used to think I was marketing blind, like everyone else knew what good looks like and I just couldn't work it out. I now know no one does. Ryan Dice shared this yesterday. He said, of all the ads we ran, I didn't think this would win and it did. You have to test it out. Now that plays to my strengths because I like doing new things. I love experimenting, but you can't just keep doing new things. Eventually, you've got to find the thing that works. You've got to review the numbers, understand the numbers, see what works, and do more of that. You've got to put social media posts out regularly to your target audience. You've got to reach out to your email list and make offers. You've got to follow up with your high-value prospects, and not just for days or for weeks, but for years. That's how big businesses like McDonald's have been so successful, through consistency. Who's heard of Stephen Bartlett? Who's heard of Diary of a CEO and listened to it? Yeah. Why is it called Diary of a CEO? Huh. He interviews musicians, sports people, writers, actors, comedians, occasionally a CEO. Why is it called Diary of a CEO? No? It's because he started out with just him and a microphone. He was the CEO, it was his diary. First nearly 50 episodes, that was it. That's why he starts every episode with, I hope no one's listening, but if you are, I hope you keep this to yourself. It's a really odd thing to say before an interview with Stephen Fry. Has anyone shared his posts? Anyone shared his posts? He told you not to. I don't know why you did that. <laughs> so the thing is, with Diary of a CEO, Stephen started in 2017. It took four years for it to suddenly become an overnight success. Stephen had to show up, put out content, review the results, iterate for years before he got big results. So consistency is key, but I'm inconsistent. I've started more than 10 businesses over my career, often simultaneously in completely different fields, 
and generally had to close them after two or three years as I move on to something else. Now, fortunately, I have got several successful businesses that have done seven figures and worked with tens of thousands of business leaders, working with big companies that you've heard of and all that kind of stuff. And importantly, I've done it and created the businesses so that they don't need me day to day, which means I can be a dancing monkey in front of you like I am today, right? So I have been able to do it, but I'd have been so much more successful, much faster, if I'd been able to be consistent. But I'm autistic. I such struggle with hyper-focus and distractions. I love chasing the shiny object. And you can get me to watch some videos about how not to chase the shiny object. And given enough time, I'm going through it, I'm learning, and eventually I'm watching someone else construct something on Minecraft. And that's where I spend my afternoon. Now, you can tell me to be something else. You can tell me to focus on one thing. Do it every day for three months consistently, and you'll make big money. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to. And, and even if I do want to, even if I start off with really great intentions, I'm there doing it consistently for three days, and then I get distracted, and I forget, and it stops. So I can't do that. It doesn't work for me. And I think I'm not alone in this. I don't think it's a neurodivergent thing. Who's with me? Who else feels a little bit like this? Yeah, there's a few of you, quite a lot of you. That's interesting. In fact, we're going to do some research. I love doing research. What type of work do you prefer? I want you to stand up if in your group, if you're group A, you love unpredictable work. You love experimenting and doing new things. And you know it probably won't work first time. That might not work more than 50% of the time. Stand up if that's you, group A. Here we go. Group A. Give me a whoop. Way! We're all doing something new. Nice. There you go. Yeah, it's about, it's about 50% of the audience. Sit down. Okay. Now, who are my group Bs? The ones that actually make money. Pay attention, group A's. This is who you borrow money from. All right, come on, group Bs. Stand up. You're in the right room. You're the ones that do things properly. Come on, here we are. Here's my group Bs. Yeah. Nice. That's a lot of you. Not as many as the group A's in this room. That's to be expected. A lot of business owners, entrepreneurs tend to be in that group A where they love doing the new things. But here's the thing. If you want to be successful with your marketing, which do you need? Both. both. Of course you need both. So that's the problem. So how do we do it? How the hell are we meant to ramp up our marketing if you need both? Now, the answer that you're meant to hand over your time-consuming activities, right? You experiment, you try different things, you're doing your Facebook, you're doing your podcast, you're doing different ways of doing your podcast, your socials, your email list, all the things that you've been learning, and you work out what works, and you use the numbers to work out what works. But then you've got to hand that over, because otherwise, you can't move on to more stuff that works, and you can't be consistent in your marketing. So you get it handed over so that it happens consistently, and you use the time that you free up so you can do more experiments and find out what else works. And then you repeat the cycle. And the faster that you can go through this cycle, the more rapid your experimentation, the more quickly you will grow and scale. The faster you go through this loop, the faster you will scale. Okay. But here's the thing, you knew that already. 
because all the best business books have been telling us for years. Who's read one of these books? Yeah, and they've been telling us for years that you've got to document and delegate so that you can hand over your processes, that they can be done consistently, that you can prove upon them. And I was t when I was struggling with this, I was told, like, just hand them over. And I read the books, and they made it look so easy. Look at that. And I tried. Honestly, I tried. Oh, God, repeatedly I tried. And I could never get it to work. Most business owners have tried this document and delegate. Who's with me? Who's tried documenting and delegating and had this experience? Yeah, like loads of you, right? And that's the problem. What we found is that, and, and I was here in 2017, I wanted to hand over this stuff, but it took me ages to document and delegate. And then the team didn't follow the processes or they'd make mistakes and skip steps. And over time, everything went out of date. Exactly right, it went out of date. And so I found it so frustrating. And so my enthusiasm for document and delegate practically died. Now, here's the problem. With that, it meant that I couldn't take a holiday without getting disrupted. So I'd be with my wife, and at the time, one, one child, and now I have two. And I'd be at the pool, and I'd get a message on my phone, Alexis, we need you. And I'd have to go back to the hotel room. And I'm sat on a balcony. That's nice. But it's no good for them. No good for my wife and kid and no good for the energy that I bring back, having spent a load of time dealing with some weird thing in Stripe, right? So I wanted to address this, but I didn't know how. And so I nearly give up, gave up, not just with document and delegate, but with entrepreneurship. Nearly gave up running businesses. Now, those of you that know me well know that it was my childhood dream to be an entrepreneur, that or a stand-up comedian. For obvious reasons, I went down one route. But the problem was that I didn't have any idea how to do it, so I nearly gave up. Now, fortunately, I'm not the kind of guy to give up easy. It's like when my son, age seven at the time, asked me to learn to skateboard with him. That's right. Nice, right? No. I'm a middle-aged, overweight dad who needs his wrists for work purposes. So the obvious answer is no. But, yeah, he does this on purpose. He calls this Puppy Eyes Level 3000. So as a result, yeah, fell quite a few times. And on one particular fall, I was sat there on a park bench, there we are, Oh, I can see you all now. There's quite a few of them. <laughs> I was sat there on a park bench in this play area, actually, and nursing my injuries and thinking, this is ridiculous. That was close. I nearly broke my wrist. That would have been a real problem. I should give this up. My son comes over to me. He sees me there. And he comes and puts his arm around me and says, Daddy, you just need to learn more. <laughs> So I did. I sat there watching YouTube videos on how not to fall. But here's the thing. I stopped falling as often, and when I did fall, I didn't get hurt. And when it came to delegating, I took the same approach. I read all of the books. I spoke to all the smartest people I knew, and it took me three years to get it absolutely perfect, but eventually I succeeded. I learned that great guidance gets those great results.
the, the impact on my life has been huge. I used to work all hours. I used to often work weekends, evenings, on holidays, and so on. Now I don't. I walk the kids to school every morning. In fact, I run, they go on scooters. Apparently, Ethan's decided I need more training. Not fit enough. Not looking like Kirk yet. <laughs> Think it's going to work if I just run to school every day. So they're on their scooters. But also, I'm able to pick them up in the afternoon, often on my skateboard. I've also been able to take time out of my business. Last week, I went on a six-week road trip across France and Spain, not needing to work. The team didn't mean, need me. I was able to focus with my family. And when I am working, I'm not having to juggle issues with customers and support team members. I'm able to experiment, to find out what else works, to do fun stuff like this, but also just try new things. So I'm going to share with you a four-stage approach for you to, so that you can hand over tasks so that they can be done accurately and consistently. Because I know nearly all of you, and I know that because I've been spending the whole of these three days talking to you, <laughs> I know that nearly all of you struggle with this. And the, often the problem is you make it way too big, too scary, too something you'll put off till January. And I'm going to show you in four stages how you actually do this and could do this today in your business. Sound good? Sound good? Sure? Damn it. <laughs> You're keen, aren't you? It's good. But I did get quite a good yes from them. I'm close there, I'm close. I've, I've queued him up quite a few different titles that I, like. I actually don't like ABBA. I had to, uh, yeah, it's the first name that came to mind. No more ABBA, Sammy. Got DJ support, I'm, I'm getting my money's worth. Four stage approach. First stage, focus. You need to work out what is it that's holding you back right now. Is there something that you've worked out works, but now you're having to spend all your time on it, and so you can't grow anymore? What is that thing? Is there something else in your business that's taking up your time that means you can't experiment? Maybe it's an operational issue. Maybe it's that you haven't spent all your time sales. What is your focus? What is the thing that you want to solve? Now, to give you an example for this, I do also have a podcast, like Stephen Bartlett. Yeah, thank you. It doesn't look like this. Some people call that modeling. Stephen calls it copyright infringement. So instead, we have a podcast that looks like this. It's called De-Stress Your Business. Now, when we first started doing the podcast, I thought, fantastic. I'm going to love doing recordings. Because you may have noticed, I like talking. Those of you that have met me know that you know I love talking to people. I love even more doing a monologue like this. I told you, I'm autistic. Talking on my own about my specialist subject for nearly an hour, this is heaven for me. <laughs> we need to do de-stress your business, but I knew that if it was up to me, I could record the podcast, and then maybe in the first week, we'd get six episodes up, and then you'd have six months of nothing. Because I'm not good at doing the consistent stuff. So I knew we needed to hand it over. I knew that we needed the team to be able to do it. Now, we have a team, but even using VAs, etc. right? We needed other people to do it so I could move on. So the question for you is, where do you need to focus? Have a real think. Where is it that you need to focus in your business? Once you've got your focus, we move on to outline. 
Outlining is all about listing out the activities that are involved in achieving that focus. For example, for a podcast, we might list out all the activities, preparing for the podcast, recording the episode, editing the episode, publishing the episode, promoting the episode, repurposing the content on social media, updating a, market, a podcast dashboard, reviewing the data, all that stuff that needs to happen, that I know needs to happen, but instead I'm on my phone looking at YouTube shots. We get it all listed out. And this provides us with a blueprint. It means we know what needs to exist. And this is really quick to do, and I'm going to get you to it. This is really quick to do. But it gives us a blueprint, and it helps us know where to start. So take a moment. What are the, create an outline. What are the activities that you need to let go of? Now, either you've come up with something like a podcast or whatever that you need, like something that works that you need to hand over, list out what are the activities that need to be done consistently in your business so that you can let go of it. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's sales. Currently, you're like, oh, Lexus, I'm just so busy doing sales. Fantastic. That's a great thing. You know what that's telling you when you're too busy doing something like sales? It's, like, it's time to hire, right? So I want you to outline what are the tasks that need to happen. So we you able to share a focus and a list of activities that you feel like, yeah, if I could just get these handed over, if I could get these documented and delegated, as a result, I'd free up time, I'd get more consistency, I'd reduce the mistakes, and as a result, I could experiment more and grow my business. Give me a big yes if that was the case. Otherwise, I'm going to talk to you individually to find out why not. Yeah. Yes, love it. Thank you. So once you've done that, we then do a stage that we call PDT, Prioritize, Document, and Test. And the key here is that we're prioritizing from those tasks what you're going to document and hand over first. Because the temptation, and you've all thought about it, is I know one day I will document my entire business. I will systemize this part of my business one day probably next year, although next year's looking a bit busy now. <laughs> Who's felt like that? Yeah? Give me a yes. Fantastic. Yeah, we've all been there. Well, many of us have been there. Those that said yes. The rest of you, I assume, definitely not. Otherwise, you would have said yes. So yeah, we need to prioritize. We need to pick what's the thing that we're going to do. And then we take that one thing and we document it at a really high level and then we test it and hand it over. Now, to show you what this looks like, we've got our list, we prioritize. These are the things that are causing most of the problem, that they're taking most of the time, they're causing most of the mistakes that would help. So for me, for my podcast, maybe the top priority for us is publishing new episodes. That's the highest priority, getting the publishing done, because otherwise, no one will ever see the episodes we record. Okay? Can't be consistent if you're not getting episodes out every week. Although you can do this new thing I've heard called series. That's basically people going, I don't want to do consistently. <laughs> I'll do some and call that a series. Which is why your first series is like 24 episodes and the next one's like 17 and the next series is like four. <laughs> yeah, so instead we identify the highest priority and hand it over. But then we need to document it. So just to take an example, for publishing a new episode, I'm going to use some AI in Air Manual here to give us a starting point. But the key is you need to make it work for your business, right? Getting the specific steps that need to happen so this is done successfully. 
Yeah, if you're going to get someone else to take this off you, to free you up, to experiment more and do more, you need them to know exactly what needs to happen. And you can put screenshots, videos, collect data in it, do help content, whatever you need to do to get the result. But please, don't spend hours on this. This should be taking like 30 minutes, 40 minutes tops. Then test it. Get someone else to follow the process, going through the steps, to make sure it works. Now note, I said get someone else to follow the process. This is not testing a process. Hi there, Janet. I've documented the process and how you're going to promote my podcast. So if you'd just like to watch. You see that? Yeah, it's really easy. Cool. Presumably you've got that. I'm off to Spain. That's not how you test your process. And yet, most of you are not even doing that, right? I've been there. That's why I know. Testing the process, getting them to do it, and when they go, Alexis, I don't know what you mean by step three. At that point, I can go, that's cool. Here's what I mean. Now, please update it so that it represents your understanding, which means I can make sure that they understand, and it means that when they leave, go on holiday, whatever, someone else can follow the process rather than hit step three and go, I don't know what my Alexis meant, right? Imagine that repeated over and over through every process in your business. You get to the point where, as I've experienced, I can go on holiday without a single phone call. That's not my phone. Without a single phone call. All right. That's what you want. Do you want that in your business? Give me a yes. Yes. First, you need to prioritize. What's that one activity that you need to hand over first? Look down at your outline. Don't circle three. <laughs> Prioritize one thing. Pick from that list. So once you've done all of that, once you've started to hand these things over, it's pretty amazing. You start to free up time. Once you're giving these things over, note, don't hold off. That whole process that I've showed you so far should take less than an hour. You could literally document it and hand it over and have someone testing it and doing it in about an hour. And typically, we've had examples where people have saved 15 hours per week after handing over one process. We've had real examples of clients that have done that. So why would you hold back? Why would you wait in your business, slowing yourself down, because you're like, oh yeah, one day I'm going to do this. Don't wait. Does that make sense? Give me a big yes if this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Once we've done that, we need to set up the management. We need to make sure that people follow the process and that's kept up to date. Now, we can do this with a really simple dashboard. We used to use this in Google Sheets. We now built it in Air Manual. As a result, you can see what needs attention. And in a five-minute part of your weekly team meeting, you can just look at this and go, is there anything that we need to talk about? Ooh, we haven't done our editing yet. Who's responsible for that? Who's the task owner? J.A., that's Jessica. Jessica, any issues? No, it's all good. I'm planning on doing it this afternoon. Fantastic. That's it. And here's the best thing. The team can do it. Because sure, I could use this to manage them, but even better is that the team manage themselves, right? They review this on the meeting. They are the ones that identify what needs attention and take action accordingly. Does that make sense to you? Give me a big yes. Oh, cool, fantastic. So that's the four stages. And this is awesome, because we've seen this free up huge amounts of time and reduce the mistakes and allow you to scale, which is absolutely fantastic, really cool but you can go further. 
we've found that doing this, you can triple or more your results, and you can do so with significantly less cost. A brilliant example of this, and I'm going to continue using the podcast theme, keep it simple, was with Anna Moran. Now, Anna is an amazing business owner. She runs a podcast that's a number one in her category on iTunes, gets over 1,000 downloads per episode, and her background's a radio DJ. She knows how this episode needs to be, right? It's another way of saying she's a control freak. I know, because I'm a control freak. <laughs> but she knows exactly how it should be. And as a result, she's done this amazing thing. And a lot of her revenue, imagine this in your business, a lot of your revenue comes through advertising and sponsorship of your podcast, which is, <laughs> as uh, Joe and Zoe were saying, can be this incredible lead magnet and source of customers. And yet a lot of her revenue comes through that. But she couldn't grow it any further. She couldn't even do more episodes because she was tied up editing. Right? It took her days. And she knew she needed to document and delegate, hand it over. But she found a podcast editor and found, worked out how much it would cost. It was thousands of pounds per episode. So she was stuck. Now, fortunately, when we worked with her, we said, like, I get that you're a control freak. But it can't be that difficult, can it? And so we documented the process. We got the steps down. And this could have been huge, like this was hugely useful, but could have already solved the problem. Because she realized, actually, I don't need a senior podcast editor. I can use a VA. VA could follow this process to edit the podcast. Could be problem solved. But we went even further because we said there's some steps here that could be automated. Or we could use AI. And we showed her how a quick Google found a tool like Descript. With that, you can put in your audio recording, you can transcribe it and edit it as if it's like a Word document, right? Like copying and pasting and editing things. And with two clicks, you can remove all the filler words. What if you could talk and it be your authentic self, but you can fix all the problems with your voice, right? You can remove the ums and the ers and the filler words, and you can use that feature regenerate to completely fix like clumsy edits, bits where the tone just really lost the energy. You can fix that, you select it and go regenerate, and boom, background noise, all that kind of stuff gone. You can even use their new feature, eye contact, to be like, okay, let's say I recorded it to video, but I was looking at a screen over here that gives me all the script. Their feature, with one click, suddenly your eyes are looking at the screen so you can create more connection with your audience. Incredible, amazing tool. Anna put Descript into her process so that her VA could use the AI to get incredible results, to do the process much faster. As a result, it the whole process became three times faster to complete, cost her 20 times less to delegate, it completely removed a source of stress, and it was no longer a blocker for her growth. And I spoke to her recently, and she's just growing and doing amazing things, because, but it was holding her back for months before she did it. Now, the nice thing here is we're leveraging AI the cautious way. Now, by that, I mean we're using AI in human processes. Because here's the problem with using AI. If you use it to spit content out at the end, most of it will be rubbish. Some of it you can't copyright. And it's possible at some point, Google or another social media platform of your choice will slap that stuff down. It's why my friends that run big marketing agencies, they don't use AI to produce landing pages and blog content, all that kind of stuff. Too risky but you can put AI in the process. Not to produce, spit something out at the end, but how to have earlier to speed up your time, and that's how you can fit those times. We don't do that. 
Instead, we put it in the process and we give AI great guidance, not just humans, but AI as well. And a great example of this, who's using custom instructions currently in ChatGPT? Four out of a million, cool. Custom instructions allows you, with a premium account, you go click on your name at the bottom, click custom instructions. You can tell it about you, your business, your ideal customer, how you work, all that kind of stuff. You can give it how you prefer to get information. And it uses that as context for every chat you have. So you can literally just go into chat and say, give me five ideas for blog post articles that would make sense for my target audience. And boom, it spits it out without me having to give it any more context because it's already in the custom instructions. Now with employees, we call this onboarding, right? First few days in your organization, helping them understand who you are, what your values are, what the vision is, and all the other stuff, how we talk, tone of voice, all these sorts of things. And if you don't have that, your team do need that if you want to get really good results from them. They need that onboarding, that clarity, and the same goes for AI. Then it needs that context to do a really good job for you. Does that make sense? Give me a yes. Fantastic. So we can give AI great guidance, but it's not just about the consistent processes that we can help with both VAs and AI and all this kind of stuff, but it's also the experimentation, that rapid experimentation that we want. Because we can make it more rapid than it's ever been before. You've heard some examples of tools and seen them, like Daniel Priestley yesterday talking about ScoreUp and how they've done this. There are loads of tools out there. In fact, I was talking to Mark and Nikki in one of the breaks, and they're using a tool to help them build their training courses, and it's using AI, so much faster than they ever could have done before. Something that would have taken them weeks and is now taking them hours? Is that right? Yeah. And you could do this for making a logo. You could do this for building a website. You can use this for score up, building a quiz, building an ebook, taking videos and repurposing them. It's all out there, and you can use this incredible tool to find them. It's called Google. Sorry, I just thought you'd all forgotten that Google exists. I've heard so much oh, people saying, oh, Alexis, have you seen ChatGPT? Yes, I've seen ChatGPT. Oh, look at this, it's amazing. You can do your research. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I already, I've been doing that with Google for quite a long time now. Now, I love AI tools, but you've got to use them in the right places, right? You've got these incredible tools that you can use to rapidly experiment in your business to then make it consistent. And when you use this great guidance, both for humans and AI, that's when you get really great results. So what would be the impact if you could give the, your team the guidance, the great guidance that they need? Typically, with the businesses we work with, who are normally six-figure businesses, who are looking to go to seven, eight figures, they're typically, when they start to do this kind of stuff, they're finding within weeks, they're freeing up huge amounts of their time, they're stopping mistakes, they easily start saving tens of thousands of pounds, and typically it's six figures or seven figures in the first year of doing this. We've worked with people who in nine months have gone from 60-hour weeks to no longer required day-to-day -day in their business. That's what's at stake here. That's what's possible here. Does that make sense? Is that exciting? Fantastic. Now, talking about great guidance, I want to give you great guidance. Take out your phones, scan this code, and you'll get from us for free a guide on how to systemize your marketing. We give you the structure of what guidance in marketing should look like. We give you example checklists that you can use as starting points. You can also get the slides from this presentation. And, and this is awesome, we've got three really special checklists from amazing experts. I promised at the beginning you were gonna get 
kick-ass marketing tactics from amazing experts. I'm delivering, just not me. You've got Matt Wilson, who gave us a checklist on how to create paid ads that work for your business. You've got Helen Tudor, who's on tomorrow, how to generate stress-free leads through LinkedIn. And you've got the amazing Georgia Kirk, who was on yesterday, on how to plan six months of content in 60 minutes. And that's a step-by-step -step checklist that you or your team could follow to do these amazing things. And we're already using them in our business. And they've given that away, their secret source for free. So I'd like us to give a massive round of applause because I know uh, many of them are listening. I did want to end on a bit of a bang. And I know that what you really want to see isn't dancing, because my dancing is not great. It's to see one glorious, beautiful kickflip. Now, I should explain that when I first told Paddy that this is how I was going to plan to end my presentation, he said, no, I shouldn't do it. He staged an intervention, actually. He's been doing so many interventions, they don't work on me anymore. But I did have to ask the venue that this was okay. They said this 100% must not happen. Um, they're not insured for it. The damage that's done to the equipment, to me, or to you lovely people in the front row, <laughs> it's not insured against. So um, I staged an intervention. I told them that I'm autistic, so that's discrimination. <laughs> and so they agreed that I could do it. As long as I did it only, I tr attempt it only once, it's fine. That I take out private insurance, no problem. And I practice every day consistently for three months. I'm Alexis Kingsbury. If you'd like to see Jessica do a kickflip every day for three months, use the QR code to register your interest. You've been a terrific audience. Thank you very much. Okay, something to clear up at the end there for those, particularly those that were listening to audio only. Uh, no, I didn't do a kickflip on my skateboard. Yeah, in fact, uh, lots of people came up to me and a few actually came up to me afterwards saying that they think I should have done a kickflip. And so I had to explain that there were actually three really good additional reasons that I didn't do a kickflip in addition to the ones that I shared in my presentation. The first is it would have ruined the joke. <laughs> that was the whole point. The second is the venue genuinely were not even keen on me standing on the skateboard. Never mind attempting a trick. And the third, most importantly of all, I can't do a kickflip. Of course I can't do a kickflip. My son asked me to learn to skateboard with him, not become Tony Hawk and outshine him. Skateboarding is a great metaphor for enjoying the journey in life more generally, for de-stressing our business. Like, sure, you can spend a load of time and energy pushing the absolute limits of what's possible, but first you need to work out what you're doing it all for. Ultimately, I skateboard my kids home from school because I love that time with them and it's fun. So 
I hope you enjoyed the presentation that I've shared with you. Do give us a review on wherever you consume your podcasts. Do share on social media. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, but otherwise, until next time, have fun.